Welcome. You're listening to Living Faith Podcast. Starry sky and see your hand in time and mind to lead me through the night. Turn to somebody near you and say, I'm really glad you're here. You got to say it just like that. Come on, get after it. I'm really glad you're here. All right. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Great to have everyone in the house of God today. Amen. I wonder today who, uh, who in this audience enjoys traveling. Or yet, who enjoys traveling? Who would rather not travel? Who would rather not travel? We've got a few of those. For those of you that enjoy traveling, I wonder, do you have like a, a process that you follow when you've got a trip coming up? you got a, something that you work through. Do you got a process for traveling? So you're kind of like, yeah, well, it depends on what you mean. That's a lousy question. Can you phrase that better? I have a process when I travel. I, uh, my mind goes right through the logistics of the whole thing. I, I start off with transportation. Is this going to be a driving trip? And if it's a driver, am I going to drive my own vehicle or do I need a rental vehicle? Or is this a flying trip and are we going to fly? And I go through the transportation. Is it maybe some of both? And then I, I think about lodging. Where are we going to stay? Are we visiting with family and staying in their home? Or do I need to find some hotels. When my wife and I moved here from St. Louis, I planned out our route exactly every day, how many miles we would cover, and then I reserved a hotel in that particular city along the way. I, I knew that weather could be unknown. We couldn't control that. Traffic could pose some challenges. I couldn't control that. Those are out of my control, but I wanted to be sure we had a place to sleep each night. But I realize not everyone is the same as me. Some people, they take road trips without planned routes. Well, I'm starting here, and I want to end up over there. How are you getting there? Well, we'll just take whatever road suits my fancy. These people usually have unlimited days of vacation, or they're retired. They travel however they want on whatever roads seem to get their interest and they move and meander along. Where do they stay? I've known folks who decide, well, you know what? I've driven far enough today. Here's a town or I'm on a highway. There's a sign for a hotel and they pull over and they see what they have to pay and are their rooms available. I've heard stories of folks travel that way and one exit, no rooms available. Next exit, no rooms available. Next exit, no rooms available. Now, some people are great with that. That drives me nuts. I, I can't do that. I can't live that way. I'm not comfortable with that uncertainty. On the other hand, I'm very comfortable with groups of unknown people. I got no problem with that. I'm fine with the uncertainty of entering in a room full of people of whom I know none of them. In fact, I'm fine with getting up in front of an unknown room of people and speaking to them. In fact, 
I like that challenge. I enjoy that uncertainty. But as I say that, some of you got smiles on your faces, but perhaps in your minds you're thinking, that guy is nutty. No way. I'm getting up in front of people completely unknown and beginning to speak to them. So my point is this, different of ones of us, different people deal with uncertainty differently. And we even have different levels of comfort with different types of uncertainty. We're okay with some uncertain things and other things make us more nervous or even more afraid. In some situations, we want a a certain measure of control, but in other areas, we're fine with a lack of or even no control whatsoever. Control. Now, there's a hot topic. Control. Any, any self-confessed control freaks in the house today? As one person said, I'm not a control freak. I just need things my way. Control. Control is, is one of those things that isn't bad of itself. In fact, control is necessary for successful living. self control, self-discipline. These are are good things. We need self-control if we're going to effectively handle money and our time. We need self-control if we're going to successfully initiate and maintain relationships. We need self-control in order to learn new things and to work in our jobs. Organization is needed. Details, planning, preparation, these all help us to maximize our resources of time and talent and treasure. And really today, we think about it even for a moment, we know self-control matters. If we didn't believe self-control mattered, we wouldn't potty train our children. We know self-control matters. We wouldn't teach children to bathe. We wouldn't teach children to brush their teeth. Without reasonable control, our homes, our homes get filthy and messy and disorganized. Without control of that environment, our homes will break down and rot away. Discipline and control are necessary traits. Now, this is where it gets a little funny. Because something needed and necessary can get out of balance. And when that gets out of balance, it causes trouble in our lives. A good thing like control can create nightmares when it becomes a primary thing in our life. When we wrongly believe we can control everything in us and around us, then we are setting ourselves up for failure because we can never control everything. Solomon observed it this way, Proverbs 27 and verse number 1. He wrote this, Don't brag about tomorrow, since you don't know what the day will bring. Don't brag about tomorrow, since you don't know what the day will bring. You see, the truth is, We have very little power and control over the most significant things in our lives. We don't know what's going to happen next. 
illnesses, accidents, great insights, or great opportunities. We've got no clue what's going to happen next week or next month. We've got little control over the primary people in our lives. Probably one of the most challenging things to accept is the only person I can really influence is myself. Everyone else, I have to give them my insight, but they're going to do what they want to do. And we have little power over our situations. Uncertainty is always with us. Now, for a lot of people, that truth creates anxiety, sometimes severe anxiety. We worry. There's apprehension. There's fearfulness. Some are so full of anxiety about the unknown that we would say there are nightmares in their lives. Anxiety follows when we think that all of our life is on my shoulders alone and that we and only we are responsible to figure it out and keep everything in order. Anxiety swells and builds as we try to control people and control locations and control situations when in the end we can't. And so the overconfidence in our ability to control life is haunted by nagging worry. And here's the challenge. If we allow it, my Pursuit of control, your pursuit of control, our pursuit of control invites ongoing nightmares because we will never be fully successful. You might think about, well, you know, how do I know if control is out of order in my life? How could I find out or figure, how would I discover if Control, which is healthy at this level and becomes challenging and worrisome and filled with anxiety at this level. How do I know if I'm maybe making it too important? Well, you know, we just can ask ourselves some questions. And if we're really serious about evaluation, we ask others to help us with that observation. Do we avoid uncertainty as much as possible and in as many ways as possible? Do we avoid uncertain people and their uncertain responses? Perhaps we get really scared of a surprise occasion. I don't want to be surprised. I can't predict the time. I can't predict the guests. I can't predict the location. I can't predict the food. And do we find an uncertain event to become a certain nightmare? Then control might be a little high on my list. Do we overvalue control? Do I have trouble sharing power? Is it difficult to delegate? Do we often justify, you know what, I'll just do it. Do we have trouble with that? Do we suppress others' opportunities for growth and development because we're doing it all? Do we resort perhaps to guilt and pressure to get people to do what we want? Do we overvalue control? Here's one for me. Are we prone to reason and logic above all else? I got to know. I need to know what's the outcome, what's the results, what's the facts, what's the research. Beyond all questions whatsoever is that my most valuable thing is a certain response and a certain answer. Do I overvalue control? 
If control becomes a life priority and it's high in our lives, worry is a resultant factor. Apprehension and fearfulness and nightmares. And I I just want to declare today, as we probably are already thinking, there's got to be a better way to live. There must be a better way to live. Solomon said, don't brag about tomorrow. You don't know what the day will bring. Solomon recorded, none of us can be certain about everything. We just cannot control it all. And so the question is this, how are we going to manage that uncertainty? What are we going to do with the uncertainty? It's there, it remains. How am I going to manage that In my life. You know, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, there's a prophet by the name of Daniel. And Daniel is interesting for a number of reasons. Over the course of his life, Daniel served four kings. He was their chief of staff, if you will, over the course of his life. One of the kings Daniel served experienced a significant nightmare. Notice in Daniel 4 and verse 4, the Bible says this, I, Nebuchadnezzar, that's the king. If you're not happy with the name your parents give you, it could be worse. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was living in my palace in comfort and prosperity. But one night I had a dream that frightened me. I saw visions that terrified me as I lay in my bed. Nebuchadnezzar had a nightmare. So I issued an order calling in all the wise men of Babylon so they could tell me what my dream meant. However, all the magicians and all the enchanters and fortune tellers, they couldn't interpret his nightmare. So Daniel gets the call and he comes to interpret the dream. And in verse 19, the Bible records this. Upon hearing this, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, was overcome for a time and frightened by the meaning of the dream. I think that's very interesting. He becomes aware of the dream. It's not even his dream. It doesn't even involve him personally. But the context, the the, the value, what it means, frightens him. So Belteshazzar says, don't be alarmed by the dream and what it means. And and Daniel replies, also Belteshazzar, I wish the events foreshadowed in this dream would happen to your enemies and not to you. In verse 24, he says this, this is what the dream means, your majesty. And what the Most High has declared will happen to my Lord the King. Verse 25, you'll be driven from human society. You will live in the fields with wild animals. You'll eat grass like a cow. You'll be drenched with the dew of heaven. You'll live outside. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone He chooses. Daniel let him know this nightmare, King Nebuchadnezzar, this nightmare will become your reality 
until you learn who is truly in control. In verse 28, then it records this, all these things did happen to the king. Twelve months later, he's taken a walk on the flat roof of the royal palace in Babylon. Verse 30, he looked out across the city and he said, look at this great city of Babylon. Notice, by my own mighty power, I've built this beautiful city as my royal residence to display my majestic splendor. In other words, all of this is under my control. This is what I have done. I am in charge of all of this. In verse 31, while the words were still in his mouth, a voice called down from heaven, O king, this message is for you. You are no longer the ruler of this kingdom. You'll be driven from society. You'll live in the fields. You'll eat grass like a cow. Seven periods of time will pass by while you live this way until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. That same hour, the judgment was fulfilled and all of it took place. Listen, he lived his nightmare until this point. Verse 34, after time passed, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up to heaven. (laughs) It was happening. I was living that nightmare. I didn't learn that God was in control of everything. I I didn't learn that he was the prince and power of all things, of all the universe. I didn't learn that he ruled and was the ultimate ruler until that time I suffered in my nightmare thinking I was in charge. And then it says, until I looked up to heaven. Then his sanity returned. He praised and worshiped the Most High, honored the one who lives forever. His rule is everlasting. His kingdom is eternal. (laughs) Nebuchadnezzar now changed, says all the people of the earth are nothing compared to him. He does as he pleases. No one can stop him and say to him, what do you mean by doing these things? He's not accountable to anyone. He's not under anyone else's authority. God rules over all. And Nebuchadnezzar said, when my sanity came back to me, when I I recognized indeed he is in control of everything then my honor and my glory and my kingdom returned the nightmare stopped when he stepped back and said you know what I am not in control of all of this his nightmare ended when he confessed I cannot control it all the most high is the one in control. He's in control of heaven. He's in control of the earth. He's in control of it all. And the nightmare ends when he confesses and accepts the most high is the one who rules. I place control so high on my personal list, worry, Anxiety drive me to nightmares because I'll never manage what I think I gotta manage. But rest 
and peace are found in faith that God is the absolute ruler over everything. There is great comfort when I know there's no situation outside of His control. There's no circumstance that's beyond His power. There's nothing outside of His authority. There is comfort in that revelation. In fact, through the prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah 40, the Lord spoke, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. And listen to the words of comfort about God's absolute rule. Down in verse number 9, O Zion, messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintop, shout it louder, O Jerusalem. Shout and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah, your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. And if I I just stop there at his power and I just stop at his authority, I might be even fearful of God. I might be threatened by who and what he is and what he represents. But notice how the Lord made sure to communicate to his people in verse number 11. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. Hear the word of God today. As the shepherd, our sovereign Lord, who rules the universe, he sees individual needs and he cares for the sheep and he provides for them that he loves and he he picks them up individually as lambs and sheep and holds them close to his heart and says, you don't need to worry. You don't need to fret. You don't need to have no nightmares. I have have a hold of you. I've got you in my arms. That is comfort, friends. And if you're still not ready to release control into the hands of a sovereign Lord, understand his authority. Isaiah verse 12 of chapter 40. Who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured the heavens with his fingers. Who else knows the, the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? Who, who is able to advise the Spirit of the Lord? Who has insight for God? Who has information that he doesn't know? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Does someone teach him what is right? or showing the path of judgment no for all the nations of the world are a drop in the bucket to him there's nothing more than dust on the scales he picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand that's the God that we're talking about when I say he is in control that's the kind of, of authority we're talking about Verse 25, to whom will you compare me, God says. Who is my equal, asks the Holy One. Verse 26, look into heavens. 
who created the stars, who brings them out like an army one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a one is missing. Oh, Jacob, how can you say that the Lord doesn't see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Haven't you heard? Haven't you understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Says he's the everlasting God to recognize this. You can see creation and perhaps begin to think, well, he did that a long time ago. I see the stars, but that was way back when. I recognize the creation of the earth, but that was well before my time. I don't think God does that kind of stuff anymore. Oh no. He is the everlasting God. He doesn't run out of power. He doesn't run out of authority. He doesn't run out of creativity. He has strength and authority beyond in despair. Verse 31, Isaiah says this, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and will not faint. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Oh, understand, peace is in trusting the Lord. Rest and strength is not in my own attempts to control everything around me. Comfort is not trying to be so organized that I have all my ducks in a row. That's not where strength and peace rely. No, my friend, I can make this decision, though. I can control this choice. I choose faith in God. I I cannot control it all, but I can make that choice. I choose faith in God. Rather than the nightmares of being uncertain, uh, I trust in the Lord. I I place my uncertainties into the hands of the Creator. Which, of course, is the message of Christ Himself when He He turned to his disciples and said, Don't worry about these things. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Let's extend that. Well, will we work? Huh? All the things we're trying to control and figure out and establish in our futures and in our surroundings. Yes, there's a good opportunity. We have to have some control. There's a a healthy amount of control. But listen, I don't have it all under control. And I'm going to place some things in the hands. And Jesus said, stop worrying. Stop fretting. He said, in fact, in verse 32, these things dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers. Hey, hear me. There's no reason for you and I who are followers of Christ to be worrying on the same dimension as my neighbors who don't know Him. 
If I'm still stuck in the same cycle of worry and anxiety and what's the government going to do and are we going to go to war and who's going to win the presidential election and is this going to happen? All worked up over news radio just like my neighbor who doesn't know the authority. We better step back and realize I know the sovereign Lord who is the ruler of all. I, I don't have to have nightmares. I don't have to worry. I don't have to sweat. I trust him. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. He will give you everything you need. Don't worry about tomorrow. Allow the word to speak into individual lives, into your mind, into your spirit right here and right now. Stop trying to control the uncontrollable. Instead, trust in the loving Father who sees and cares and provides. Let me ask attendees today, what's the uncertainty that's been giving you nightmares? What have you been worrying about? What have you been fretting over that's waking you up in the middle of the night? Messing up your evenings with your family because you're so wound over this uncertainty. What is it that you're trying to manipulate and structure and pull the the levers and operate the cables and move and do everything you can do to manage the situation And I tell you today, trust our loving Father. He is in control of everything that we are not. Would you bow your heads throughout this auditorium? It helps you to focus on the Lord. Perhaps close your eyes and consider and think about the words of the scriptures that we have shared today. It is not God's intention for humanity to live in fear of the uncertain. It's not God's intention for humanity to be overwhelmed with the unknown. It's his intention that we place our faith, our trust, our confidence in him. Not such that we're lazy and irresponsible. You know, I'm not preaching that. But we overdo our pursuit of control. We overvalue our own impact and our own responsibility and the things we're going to fix and correct and direct. And we just cannot manage it all. understand me in the house today you got fear in your life about a loved one an adult you're worried about their walk with God you're worried about their ability to follow God you're worried about their attitude and their demeanor and their response to God 
hear me today, you, you can't control adults' lives. You speak truth kindly. You love through the Spirit genuinely. But you leave that in God's hands. When the prodigal left the farm of his own accord as an adult of his own doing, the father never left the farm, never chased him down. The father stayed home preparing for the day of return. Place it in God's hands. When worry begins to flood your mind and your spirit, stop worrying, start praying. Stop fretting, start praying. Call out that name of the one that you love and care for and place them in the blood of Jesus in the hands of a loving Savior. All over this house, if you're responding to the presence of God right now, would you just raise your hands up in the air? The Spirit of the Lord is so very, very near in this place. God is talking to some lives and some individuals. The Lord is ministering in some families here. I don't know about you, but when I get fearful, I don't usually display it on the outside. I keep it on the inside. On the outside, I'll put on a mask, a display that everything's cool and everything's working out just fine. But on the inside, I'm, I'm grinding my teeth and I'm staying up late and I'm waking up in the middle of the night and I'm getting up early and I'm, I, my muscles are tense and I've got a higher blood pressure than usual because I've allowed it to become a nightmare in my life. And I, I avoid things and I steer clear of things because I'm not being honest with God. Hear me today, whatever has struck fear, the uncertainty, the unknown that has grasped your life, you need to place that at the feet of Jesus. In fact, maybe you can picture that being in your left hand or in your right hand and just holding that up, whatever it is, and just pressing it toward the sky, toward God, and saying, Lord, I'm putting this into your hands. Come on, mom and dad, husbands and wives, young adult. Stop carrying those things, trying to control and manipulate and work out. He is a sovereign Lord and loving shepherd. Come on, hand it to him and and receive what he's reaching into our lives and what he would do to minister into our hearts. He's got it all under control. Let him handle the things that only he can handle. Let him do the things that only he can do. Stop arguing with God. Stop taking things back from God and place them in his hands. I just feel like all over this house, whether seated or standing, would you just worship the Lord right now? Everyone, if you know how to call on His name, if you know how to tell Him how awesome He is, if you know how to lift up the name of Jesus, would you do that all over this house? Lord, you are amazing. You are awesome. 
Whether you raise your hands, maybe you stand, would you raise your voice? If you know how to glorify God, if you know how to tell Him He's amazing, if you know how to speak to Him and share your love for Him and your confidence in Him, come on, do that all over this place right now. Entertain the presence of God. Come on, entertain the presence of God. You got to have faith to follow Jesus Christ. You, you got to trust Him. You'll never have every little thing figured out. You just got to believe and have faith and trust. He has the answers that I don't have. He, he has the understanding that I don't have, and I'm going to give it to Him. You've been listening to the Living Faith Everett podcast series. Tune in next week for the next part of this series, or join us online at livingfaithministries.church. You give me peace.